0: The title of the message is, this week, One Kingdom. One Kingdom. And let me tell you what it's all about. It's all about the kingdom. It's all about the kingdom. The reason we're all about people at Gateway Church is because people fill the kingdom. The kingdom's all about helping people. And it's all about the kingdom. We're all about people because it's all about Him and His kingdom. Turn to Acts chapter 1. And we're going to talk about the kingdom this week. And we're going to talk about what it took for the disciples to catch it. For the disciples to understand that it was all about the kingdom. Now, let me tell you something about the disciples. The disciples were Jews. And the Jews were expecting the Messiah to come and build a kingdom on this earth. We talked about a few weeks ago that uh, there is a kingdom that's not of this world, and that's where we're supposed to put our treasure. We're supposed to put our treasure in heaven. Well, the Jewish disciples had built a doctrine over the years that the Messiah would return and restore the kingdom to Israel. Now, let me tell you what their concept of the kingdom was. It was to be rich and famous and powerful. That was their concept. Now, let's not beat around the bush. That was their concept of the kingdom. Your sin nature, the nature you were born with, your flesh wants to be rich, popular, and powerful. Okay? Don't don't give me a spiritual answer. Don't act spiritual. I'm not talking about you as a person now redeemed. I'm talking about your unredeemed nature, the nature you were born with, the flesh you still have to battle, the old man, the old man wants to be rich, famous, and powerful. That's all there is to it. The mother of James and John expressed the old nature when she came to Jesus and she asked Jesus, Would you grant that one of my sons will be able to sit on your right hand and one of your sons on your left? And here's the way she phrased it. When you come into your kingdom, when you come into your kingdom, will you grant one of my sons to be able to sit on your right hand and on your left? Now, I want you to think about this. Jesus said, not long after she said this, and he'd been teaching this, but here's what he said. When the Son of Man comes in his kingdom. Now, think about what she said and what Jesus said. When the Son of Man comes into his kingdom, he's going to put sheep On his right hand, and goats on his left hand. Think about her request. And he's going to say to those on his right hand, Enter into the everlasting kingdom prepared for those who love God and serve God. And he's going to say to those on his left hand, Enter into everlasting punishment prepared for the devil and his followers. She came to him and said, Lord, will you grant when you come into your kingdom, are are y'all catching this? That one of my sons could be on your right hand and one on his left hand. Here was his exact response. You can read it. Lady, you don't know what you ask. You don't know what you ask. What an unbelievable response. By the way, I really believe sometimes in prayer, God's response is, you don't know what you ask. You really don't. And it's fortunate for you, I do, and I'm not answering this prayer with a yes. (laughs) So that was their concept of the kingdom. Now, Here's some things I want to ask you. Number one, what did Jesus teach? When Jesus was on this earth, what did he teach? Now, we're going to get to Acts 1 in just a moment. But I just want to tell you something. The word kingdom is in the Bible 333 times. I don't think that's an accident. 333, three, three, the number of the Trinity. Three times. 333. Three, three. All right. What did Jesus teach? We'll get to Matthew, I mean, uh, Acts 1 in a moment. Let me just show you just a few verses from Matthew. Matthew 4, 17. From that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now, a few, just a few from Matthew 13. Verse 24. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed. Verse 31, the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed. Verse 33, the kingdom of heaven is like leaven. Verse 44, again. Now, why would he say the word again? Because he would said it many times. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. Verse 45, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking beautiful pearls. Verse 47, again, I've got to tell you guys again because you're not getting it yet. The kingdom of heaven is like a dragnet that was cast into the sea and gathered some of every kind. I love that scripture because I was some of every kind. I'm glad he got me in the net. Okay, now, this is while he's living. The disciples wanted Jesus to set up a kingdom on the earth and they wanted to rule on thrones. That's just all there is to it. Isn't that true? That's what they wanted. And then he totally messed up their plans. Because he went and died on them. So they thought, well, it's not going to happen. Then he rose from the grave. So what did they think was going to happen now? He's going to set up the kingdom. Right? Watch Acts 1, verse 1. The former account I made, O Theophilus, this is Luke speaking. He's talking about the Gospel of Luke. The former book I wrote. Of all that Jesus began both to do and teach, until the day in which He was taken up, after He had, through the Holy Spirit, given commandments to the apostles whom He had chosen, to whom He also presented Himself alive after His suffering by many infallible proofs, being seen by them during forty days... And speaking of things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Okay, here's my question for you. What did Jesus teach for 40 days after the resurrection? Things pertaining to the kingdom. So for three years, what did He teach? The kingdom. All you got to do is read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. See how many times He talked about the kingdom. For 40 days, what did He teach? The kingdom. The resurrected Christ teaches the kingdom. The resurrected Christ for three years, and then for 40 days straight, teaching about the kingdom. How many of you here have ever been to a seminar or a conference? Got see your hand. Everybody, right? How long did it last? Three days. Anyone else? A week. Okay. How many of you have been to a conference that lasted 40 days? Nobody, right? Okay. For 40 days. Days, he taught about the kingdom. Do you think they got it? Okay, so he teaches about the kingdom. Now, watch verse 6. Therefore, when they would come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? At this time, will you make us rich and powerful? All right, here's point number two. Did the disciples get it? No. Uh, I have a friend of mine who's a minister, and he heard one of these messages on uh, child discipline, that you ought to take your children to another room, which all these things I agree with. Don't discipline them in anger and uh, share with them, love them, share with them about why you're doing it. And the pastor who was presenting it said, you know, you ought to share with him about Jesus and the love of God and all these things. And so he takes it. so he's got to discipline both his children. And uh, one's five and one's three. One's a boy. One's a girl. So he takes them to another room and he shares with them about Jesus and God and the Bible and the love of God and, you know, all these things he shares for 15 minutes. At the end of 15 minutes, he says to them, do you have a question? And the little boy raised his hand and said, yes, do her first. <laughs> Here's my point. He didn't get it. Why? Because he had a different concept in his mind. He didn't care about Jesus and God in the Bible at that moment. He was going to get a spanking, right? Okay. Jesus shared for 40 days about the kingdom. After sharing three years, 40 days, they didn't get it. Would you agree with that? They didn't get it. Why? Because he said, listen, guys, I want to tell you about the kingdom. Here's what they said. Okay, God, we we thank you about sharing about the kingdom. But will you, at this time, make us rich, famous, and powerful? They didn't get it. Now, as I was preparing this, I thought about when did they get it so I could help you, you know? That's point number three, by the way. When did they get it? When did they get it? So I was thinking, when did they get it? And I thought about, well, they got it after 40 days of, of the resurrected Christ sharing with them. Well, obviously that was blown out of the water when I read the Bible, you know, when I read Acts 1-6. So I thought about these points and I thought about I wanted to share with you when they got it and God wasn't cooperating because they didn't get it. After I thought they'd get it like that. I thought, well, maybe Peter got it after he had been forgiven, after denying Jesus three times and God forgave him and said, go tell the disciples and Peter, that's when he got it. Well, he didn't get it because he was a part of this group. He didn't get it. Well, Paul got it after he saw Stephen be a martyr and give his life for the kingdom. No, he kept killing Christians. He didn't get it. So here I was trying to find out when did they get it so I could share about, you know, this, you know, so I could help us get it. Well, here's when I figured out they got it. Acts 1, stay with Acts 1, verse 4. Being assembled together with him, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem. Don't leave here. But wait for the promise of the Father, which he said you've heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? In other words, they still didn't get it. And he said to them, it is none of your stinking business. That's my interpretation. It is not for you to know the times and seasons which the Father has put in His own authority, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. I am trying to talk to you about the Holy Spirit. And you'll be witnesses both in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the other parts of the world. Here's what He said. He talks to them about the kingdom, then He says, Okay, now guys, listen to me. Wait for the promise of the Father. You've heard it from me. In a few days, you're going to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Lord, are you going to make us rich and famous? It's not about that. Listen to me. The Holy Spirit's about to come. The Holy Spirit is about to come. Okay, when did they get it? When the Holy Spirit came. And I guarantee you they got it because read the rest of the book of Acts. They get beaten. They get beaten. And said, don't you preach about this anymore. You know what they said? We're still going to do it. We're still going to do it. They were tortured. They were put in jail. They still did it. And here's the ultimate. They were martyred. Every disciple was martyred. Now listen to me carefully. I know John did not die a martyr. But I'm telling you, he was still martyred. He was put in a boiling pot of oil. The only problem was he wouldn't boil. The Apostle John. So they tried to martyr him, and he was willing to die for the faith. And they said, deny the faith, and we won't do it, and he wouldn't deny the faith. He was put in this boiling pot of oil. But God, he had not written 1 John, 2 John, or 3 John yet, and he had not written the book of Revelation. And so God didn't let him boil. Now, I personally think that the oral affected him some because all you've got to do is read Revelation. (laughs) (laughs) I saw a seven-headed beast. Yeah, sure. (laughs) Okay, so. He was, in essence, a martyr. He just didn't die. They tried to kill him, but he wouldn't die. But they gave their lives. They got it. There's no doubt that the disciples got it. Paul was beheaded. Peter was crucified upside down. They got it. They got that their one life mattered. Why would they give their one life for the kingdom? Because they got it. It wasn't about them, it was about the kingdom. Why would you come down and say, yes, I'll go through a new member's class, I will join the church, I'll give my life. Why would you say, I'll become a part of a group? Why would you say, I will serve somewhere in the church? Why would you say, I will give money? I will give my money to the kingdom. Why would I write a check tonight for a lot of money? And bring it to give it in the first fruits offering. Why? Because I got it. It's about the kingdom. I'm here on this earth for one purpose. I am here to build the kingdom of God. That's why I'm here. And I am going to give my life. And let me tell you something. We talk about being martyred. I don't want to put that down at all. It's an unbelievable sacrifice to be martyred. It's also an unbelievable sacrifice to give money to the kingdom of God that you could spend on something else. It's an unbelievable sacrifice to give your time to serve in a local church. When you do that, you're saying, I get it. It's not about me. It's about the kingdom. And that's when they got it. They got it when they received the Holy Spirit. Just flip over to Acts chapter 8. Let me show you some people, other people who got it. Acts 8, verse 12. But when they believed Philip, As he preached the things concerning the kingdom of God. What did Philip preach? The kingdom. And the name of Jesus Christ, both men and women were baptized. Then Simon also was baptized. Look at verse 14. Now when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them who when they had come down prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For as yet he had fallen upon none of them, they'd only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. They laid hands on them, they received the Holy Spirit. Did you understand what Jesus told them? Here's what Jesus kept telling them about the Holy Spirit coming. Here's what he was telling them. When he comes, you're going to get it. When he comes, you're going to get it. Because here's how Jesus said it. When he comes, he's going to remind you of everything I said to you. And what did Jesus said to him? The kingdom. The kingdom. The kingdom. When He comes, you're going to get it. It's about the kingdom. When He comes, He's going to speak of me. You know what He's going to talk about when He comes? All He's going to talk about is me. That's it. Look at Acts 19. Flip over a few pages again. Acts chapter 19. Acts 19 verse 1. And it happened while Apollos was at Corinth that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus and found some disciples. Verse 2, he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Now, apparently these disciples went to the same church that I went to growing up because they said to him, we've not even heard there was a Holy Spirit now, I am not trying to be critical, but how many of you went to a church where you could have given that answer? I, I didn't even hear there was a Holy Spirit. So, uh, Paul said, well, into what then were you baptized? I don't even know if you're saved yet. If you hadn't heard about the Holy Spirit. They said in John's baptism, Paul said, John baptized with the baptism of repentance saying to people they should believe on Him, He would come after him. That is on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized. That's water baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. Now the men were about twelve in all, and he went into the synagogue and spoke boldly for three months, reasoning and persuading concerning the things of the kingdom of God. The Kingdom of God. What did, what did Philip preach? We just read in Acts 8. What did Philip preach? Kingdom. What did Paul preach? And what did Jesus preach? The Kingdom. And let me tell you when people got it. The people Jesus preached to got it, and the people Philip preached to got it, and the people Paul preached to got it when they received the Holy Spirit. That's when they got it. Romans 14 verse 17 says, For the kingdom of God, the kingdom is not eating and drinking. It is not on this earth. But righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. By the way, there is no righteousness, no peace, and no joy without the power of the Holy Spirit. Now here's the fourth point. How do I get it? What did Jesus teach? Did the disciples get it? Not at first. And how did they get it when they received the Holy Spirit? How do I get it? Simple. Receive the Holy Spirit. Same way they got it. Now listen to me. If you're here and you grew up in a church like I did and you didn't hear there was a Holy Spirit, we're going to pray for you not to receive the Holy Spirit. But many of you have received the Holy Spirit initially. There is an initial baptism filling of the Holy Spirit. But we are commanded by Scripture But be ye filled with the Holy Spirit. And that word filled is ongoing. It is perfect present. It means you need to continue to be filled with the Holy Spirit. We just read that scripture where it says, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? In the Greek, here's what it actually reads. Have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed and the word received again is a continual receiving here's what it actually says have you continued to receive the holy spirit since you believed? now i'm asking you tonight have you continued to receive the holy spirit see even if you've been baptized in the holy spirit did you receive the holy spirit last week when he convicted you about being harsh with your wife Did he convict you about not being kind to your wife and you said to him, well, uh, I'll try to change, but you didn't go to your wife and say, I ask you to forgive me. Please forgive me and pray for me because I was not kind to you. I want to be kind to you. Did you receive the Holy Spirit last week? Did you receive the Holy Spirit when he spoke to you to make a commitment? But you didn't make the commitment. But the Holy Spirit spoke to you to do it. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when He spoke to you to honor your husband in your words? Or have you dishonored your husband by your words? Are you continuing to receive the Holy Spirit? Because if you're not, you don't get it. The key to you getting it that it is not about you. It is about the kingdom is that you continue to receive the Holy Spirit. Because here's what the Holy Spirit does. He continues to remind me, it's not about you, Robert. It is not about you. It is about the kingdom. Do you know what the word kingdom means? comes from two words, king and dominion. Here's what the word kingdom means. The king's dominion. See, here's what, what the Jews wanted. Here's what they wanted. We want you to come and set up a kingdom, and we want to be the kings. We want you to come and set up a kingdom where we are the kings. And here's what Jesus said. There's only one king. And the kingdom that I'm building, I'm him. I'm the king. You know what living in the kingdom is? Living in the kingdom of God is when there's only one king. And no matter what he says, you'll do it. You will give your life, your one life, for the one kingdom. I've had a difficult past. You know, I I share that. And what is amazing to me is how many people share with me, Robert, I relate to you. You're not up there like this preacher that's got everything together and, uh, you know, perfect and all this. And, you know, I share funny stories about my life. It's amazing to me. This one lady came up to me because I share funny stories all the time because I have a funny life. I, do, I mess up a lot. And uh, this one lady came up to me. She said, I just love your funny stories. Your whole life is just one big joke. <laughs> I said, thank you. Uh, but I am not perfect, and people relate to me. They say, Robert, I can relate to you. You're not perfect. You're not this preacher who has got everything together, and I don't. I have a bad past. A lot of you have a bad past. Pardon me. All of you have a bad past. All of you have a bad past. A sinner is a sinner. And, and so I have this. And i struggled in a lot of areas. I struggled before I got saved. Obviously, I struggled after I got saved, before I understood about deliverance, spirit baptism, inner healing. I want all of you to go through our freedom ministry. Uh, but I've still struggled with the flesh, putting down the old man, renewing my mind, Uh, But one of the areas i struggled in was lust. I've shared that with you many times. I was extremely immoral before I got saved. Uh, After I got saved, I still had thought patterns. I needed to pull down strongholds. And I remember going to a friend of mine and saying, you know, I have horrible thoughts, and and, and it's like the tape is replayed in my mind, and, and I just want you to pray for me. I'll never forget, here's what he did. He put his hands on me and he said, Holy Spirit, I pray that Robert, Will fall passionately in love with Jesus. Amen. And he turned and walked off. But I've never forgotten the prayer. I've never forgotten the prayer for two reasons. If I'm passionate about Jesus, it helps me not to desire something else because I simply desire Jesus. I'm in love with Him. But the second reason it's helped me is because it reminds me what the Holy Spirit's ministry is. The Holy Spirit helps me continually fall in love with Jesus. And then it's about Jesus and about His kingdom. So have you continued to receive the Holy Spirit since you believed? I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. What's the Holy Spirit saying to you today today what is the Holy Spirit saying to you through this message if you need to receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit don't be afraid of it please don't be afraid of it isn't it amazing that the Holy Spirit is the one that helps us get it that helps us die to ourselves and live for God, empowers us to live this life, and the devil has created an unbelievable controversy around the Holy Spirit. So if you need to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, we're going to pray for you tonight. If you're a believer and you received the baptism of the Holy Spirit maybe 20 years ago, but you still need to get it even more to a deeper level than you get it, we're going to pray for you. In a moment, we're going to stand. And and uh, someone's going to sing a worship song. And I want you to come during that time to one of our leaders and let us pray for you. Don't hesitate. As soon as we stand up, you just stand up, step out, and come. You ought to be the first one down here. Don't let pride get the best of you. Say, I need God to do a deeper work in my life. And that's nothing to be ashamed about or embarrassed about. And leaders, you come as soon as you can so we'll be ready. We'll probably need some more leaders. You might not be on the rotation tonight, but it might be just a wonderful joy for you. We, we need as many life group leaders and altar ministry people as we can because we're going to pray for a lot of people tonight. And by the way, if you weren't able to make your commitment last week, you might even slip out during this time if you don't have a card and go to the information desk and just grab one and come to the baskets on the side and commit your life afresh to God. Make a commitment to God. Don't be the one that says, well, I just don't feel like I can make a commitment. Commit something. Don't, and don't feel your commitment's too small. I know, I know we got some single moms and some people struggling financially. And, I, you know, I can't make the, the $100,000 commitment that some of the wealthy people here are going to make or the million-dollar commitment. I'm telling you what, your, your $10 a month or whatever it is, that's a, it's a commitment to God, and God will see it. So don't think it's too small. You make your commitment, all right? And commit your life to the kingdom. Commit to serve, commit to go through the class, commit to get in a group. So you, you the altar it will be open for you to come and be ministered to and to make a commitment to God if God desires. Also, you can give your first fruits offering before you go in the offering box and, and give an extravagant offering to the to the Lord tonight. But make a commitment. Receive the Holy Spirit. Let us pray for you. Let us minister to you. I'm going to pray, and after I pray, we'll stand. As soon as we stand, you step out and come. Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name, you're the one that draws us to Christ, and you're the one that continues to draw us to Jesus. Will you draw us to Jesus tonight? In Jesus' name, amen.